and I've tried it for days. Um, so it's just one of those things I'm, where I'm gonna, I love I'm gonna teach you how to do a hitchhiker then. <laughs> Dude, yeah, like, I will like do when, it. I'll do it on a big bike. Like when hitchhikers sure. came out, um, and I don't want to jump around, but I know this is all part of it. Um, my uncle helped me with my dad to make, um, we put bearings on the handlebars. So the bar ends were, you know, bar ends, but we yeah. put bearings on them. So you could actually sit in the hitchhiker position and then have oh. someone push you, or you could yeah. push and then you could actually get into it and actually get the feeling of it and then pull up, set down, pull up, set down, but you're not grinding away your handlebars, your, your grips or anything else. And it's like, you find a little hill, you can haul ass. And it's yeah. like, we used bearings and call that a cheat sheet or whatever it is. Like I, I'll own that. Like that was amazing. It was like, you know, like, and you see Jones do that or, you know, anyone doing this stuff. It's like, well, how do you, how do you do that? You know? And it's like, so I, I actually used bearings. So that's, yeah, that's cheat codes brilliant. are fine, dude. That's brilliant. Yeah. It is brilliant, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. So we're already doing this interview, so we may as well introduce our guest um, because that's because that's how we this is how professional we are. Yeah. Like every, I, we always preface like, hey, dude, we're not really good at like interviews because interviews is like a job interview. Tell me about your first bike, Chad. Go. You know what I mean? That's well, that's not very fun. It, yeah. that, that's everybody. Craig and, Craig and I are, are really amateur. And so we just kind of like, hey, man, I like your shirt. Tell me about your skateboards. Like. That's what we do. So, so we're already, we, we forgot to introduce you. I apologize. So you guys, uh, first of all, Craig, welcome, welcome back again. Uh, still coming back. I like this. Yeah. And a half uh, we've been doing well, this. you keep opening the door. And so what do I do? I stick my foot in and I keep yeah. creeping back in, dude. Thank you for yep. having me, man. Yep. You're back. It's good. A good two year run and, uh, you keep showing up. And so that's rad. Thanks for coming, Craig. And you guys, this is 80s BMX Craig. He's got his Captex Cruiser shirt on. Um, big shout out to Austin, Texas and the Captex Cruisers. Love them. Um, and Craig, why don't you introduce our guest? Uh, because I'm I'm super geeking out again because it's a flatland guy. So let's we'll get right into it real quick. Oh, heck yeah, man. And guess what, guys? We are super stoked to have this guest with us tonight. Um, it's one of the guys who... You've probably seen all throughout the 90s, uh, and especially if you were in the flatland, especially if you were into the BMX scene, we've got Mr. Chad DeGroot tonight. Check him out. Chad, welcome to the show, brother. Thank you for showing up, man. Glad you're here, bro. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me. This is uh, this is going to be interesting, I think educational, and uh, I'm pretty excited, you know, so uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's get this going. <laughs> I'm excited, dude. You guys, I'm a big... I'm a big Chad Groot fan. In fact, uh, I somewhere I still have a. Is was it little? Is it Little Devil or UGP that put it out? The the Degroot of the Loom T-shirt. It was UGP. It, yeah. Okay. Yeah, with 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 uh, Bonner and and everything. So yeah, based off of Fruit of the Loom, you know, yeah. Degroot of the Loom. So yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll post a picture, guys. When I was when I was apprenticing as a tattoo artist. I'm in the front of the shop and it was like my big, like, this was my shop photo and I'm wearing my Chad DeGroot t-shirt. And so I'll put that on the screen for y'all to enjoy now. There I am. little fun fact too, like those t-shirts, what is it called? Is it Plastisol or whatnot? It was thick. It was just, it was like you sweat around that. And it was like, it's like you're wearing like armor on you. 
back. <laughs> was it, was it like one of those thick, super thick decals that you go in the oh. dryer and you take it out and it's like 130 degrees and, yeah. uh, it didn't melt yeah, to the dryer, which I've had that happen before, but it's like, yeah, it was, it was like the, like you pick up a shirt, the weight of it was all the printing. <laughs> it was, like, it was <laughs> yeah. legit. Like, so, it's, it, yeah. like stuntmen, stuntmen can wear them. You know what I mean? Like if you're in a Michael Myers movie, you know what I mean? And okay. like, you're about to take a pole to the chest. Yeah. Yeah. They'll yeah. put this on underneath your clothing. And it's almost like, yeah. ha- like hammer shin guards. It like, but it'll, it'll give you a, it'll give you a bounce off of your chest. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. dude. That, I guess, I, guess no I think of that cause I'm feeling my shirt and I'm like, this is, you know, this is wa- watercolor. And I'm like, Oh damn, you know, like so, so much stuff has changed, but I still have that shirt and it's, it's pretty amazing, you know, to, to like, it was my shirt, but I'm like, I don't have a lot of my, a lot of stuff or memorabilia and, you know, from back in the day, which I guess owning a bike shop, I talk about that often. And I was like, I wish, I wish, I wish. And I wish I was like in the whole field of like Trey Jones where people send him everything. <laughs> you know, it's like, dude, that guy gets everything sent to him. I have no idea. Like people come to my shop and drop off boxes of stuff. And I'm like, do you mind if I peek at this? And it's like, whoa, you know, and I'm not like super geek out, but yeah, you, you, you got a serious box here and it's like, yeah. And, and I've actually given him stuff too, you know, VHS and whatnot, but why not? But it's like, holy crap. You know, it's like, he's, he's got the collection of all collections and I just went to his birthday party and he's only 29. So it's like, what? Imagine what he's like when, you know, he is four, I'm 47, 48, whatnot. Yeah. It's like, are you kidding me? So I think he has an appreciation for stuff like that too, which is, you know, that doesn't happen too often. Isn't that crazy though? Because a lot of the guests, Chad, that we've had on the show, you know, we've asked them to show us stuff or what have they kept from, you know, their, their time in BMX, if they've been out of it or whatnot, obviously you're still in it, but like, would you ever think that like keeping all that stuff would have been something today? Like, you know, like yeah. boxes of, of your old shirts, your, you know, your, your parts or what bikes you kept, like, you know, it just doesn't seem to register when you're in the moment, but now people are like, bro, do you got that shirt from 93? Oh my gosh. You know, and t-shirts, it just doesn't. I mean, yeah. T- t-shirts are wild. Cause I think we can open up a BMX closet and it's like, it, it's probably 90% black shirts or t-shirts. And it's like, it's just too much. And it's like, I, I guess I feel bad when people ask like, Hey, I want to send you a shirt. I'm like, dude, I have so many damn t-shirts, you know, but it's like, I, I have saved. I mean, I have like a Schwinn zip up with a Chad patch, like mechanics uh, shirt. Um, I have a bunch of standard stuff. Uh, I have a decent amount, you know, and with the, when COVID hit, I cleaned out my garage and organized the magazines and did the trophies and really evaluated like what I had. And I, I, I mean, I sold some stuff, you know, but it's like, it's crazy. You know, I mean, you, you don't know, you don't know when you're that age that to keep it or hold on to it or the value or whatnot. It's like, you have a stain on it. it I mean, maybe your mom <laughs> threw it away. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Well, and you look at today, right? And you look online, you go to go to eBay and just check out some of the vintage like Vision Streetwear or go check out some, 
you know, era of correct shirts or part, you know, not even talking about bikes and parts and shit, but it's like just the clothes alone are going for like astronomical prices or at least, you know, what the market's dictating today. I mean, Isaac, you've checked it out too, right? Yeah. I geeked out on, um, anarchic adjustment, which was Nick Phillips little brand. Remember those shirts were like, remember they were like $18 and they were expensive for a kid. I remember being a kid being like 18 bucks. I'm like, all right, you know, it's it said freedom, had that big face on it. I was like, dude, this is dope. And then it was a, there was another black shirt. It was black print on black, and it said heroin, Satan, fuck, on the <laughs> shirt. And I remember I was 16. I came home with that. My mom's like, uh huh, yep, we're done. So yeah, I got in so much trouble for buying that shirt. But dude, you go on eBay; those things are like a G now. It's nuts. It's, I mean, it it it's. I like it though. But I, I guess I dislike if you find that shirt that is a value of 50 bucks and you see someone selling 300, you know, $300 or whatever. It's like there's such a price difference in like the same thing, but it is also what you value and how you see it and whatnot. It's like, I mean, I, I, I guess I looked at eBay yesterday and I just shook my head. I'm like, you know, for the rumors of that complete bike for 25 grand or blah blah blah. when you're talking thousands i mean when i was a kid a hundred dollars is the world now you're talking it's up to thousands now so it's it's wild i i don't think i really want you know t-shirts though i think like something like trey's doing or whatnot like he has like people's jerseys you know that that's cool like and i i think like a super sad one would be if someone had to sell like their nora cup it's oh like, god you know it's, it's like it, that's like a, that. that's like one of those like nfl guys selling his super bowl ring or something yeah, it's you like know Deion. it's just like it doesn't register like oh man that guy's hurting yeah, i mean if Deion you, sanders if working at a car wash or something yeah. he's over here selling a super bowl ring but if you if you're like the juice you know you're oj maybe sell that stuff but that's not gonna clear a name <laughs> right Dude. no but i i guess it's and, and everybody has their lows and highs and panic mode, but something like with your name engraved on it, like a Nora cup or something like that. Like, I don't know. Um, yeah. My, my, like my friend, like um, when Salyers died, you know, in a, in a motorcycle accident, uh, Dave Frymouth gave away his standard Jersey, but all the money went to the family and went to him and whatnot. And I thought that was super cool to do. And the value of it went up like crazy uh, which it should too. And getting into like the Mira stuff like that, you know, it's like, I'm sitting on a bunch of Mira stuff. I'm sitting on a ton. It's not for any reason aside from being teammates, but I'm not, I'm not looking to cash in on that stuff like that. I like it. I have, I have his full face, you know, and it's like, I've worn it and whatnot. It's like, I, I had Trey hit me up and he's like, dude, I want that full face. And I'm like, nope uh yeah <laughs> like well i mean with something like with the mirror thing chad like you yeah. obviously you know had a relationship with with dave and stuff and and i mean hell you were in mirror three yep. um but you you almost keep those things not just out of like nostalgia but just because you know it's it's mirror and yep. yeah you know it, it would almost feel like to me it would be like oh i can't i mean even if this was going for something cool or, or going to someone who just is like a collector or a fan it's still mm. connected to mira for you you know it is yeah yeah 
I mean, I, I think the best things I would have is probably like Polaroids. Like I used to, we, when we travel, I'd take a, like, I, I remember this one time when we woke up early at Woodward and we're going to a contest and Dave was being such an asshole. I took a picture of him and me. He's like, he's like, what are you doing, bro? And I was like, Hey, can you sign this? He's like, yeah, man, I got it. And I was like, what are you writing on there? I'm like, you're an asshole this morning. And I put the date on it. And I was like, I just started documenting. He's like, dude, I mean, he was like, Chad, you're no fucking joke. You call me out. Like, I just had a bad morning and whatnot. I'm like, dude, I'm trying to make it funny a little bit. But it right. was like, I still have that Polaroid of him being an asshole that morning. It's like, that that's a pretty good meaning. Because I took it. He was there. And, well, not, and he signed it. And it's like, <laughs> it's dude, like, that's funny. So good. So, yeah. What, what was that like? Okay. So like that before we get into, cause I want to get into a lot of like current stuff. Cause I'm super excited about a lot of the things that I've seen you doing. I want to talk yeah. about trace. Like I told you, it didn't even dawn on me. We could talk about trace collection. Cause I just watched a video on it. The Jersey video where he's going through his bedroom and he's like, yeah. dude, he's just going through each one of those jerseys. And I'm like, man, look at all that. Cause I'm the same way. I'm like, I love, I love nostalgia. Uh, and I love seeing like memorabilia, but I, I didn't keep a damn thing, dude. No one, no one did like RL's like, I don't have anything. Scotty Freeman had some leathers that he had when he was a kid. Um, but that's, that's really it, dude. No one kept anything. And, and, you know, you're in good company because you know, none of, none of, none of BMX saved anything <laughs> as far yeah, as we can go. I mean, it's true. I, I say, I saved an okay amount. Um, but I guess the display. Now I'm not. I'm not Trey. I'm not. I'm not going to display around my house. I keep it pretty chill, you know. But yeah. um, my my main ones, I guess, if I had to say what what I do display is my Nora cups, and I feel that's like the hail mary. That's like the I walk out of the house. I see that it's uh, appreciation, you know. It's like blood, sweat, tears, whatnot. Everything went into that, plus a huge fan base following a lot of luck and everything else. And it's like, holy crap. I bring up the Nora cup because one of my friends said to me, and I had to have been drunk, but he's like, you told me if I get married, you'll give me one of those. And I'm like, there's no way I said that. There's no way I said that. And it's like, (laughs) and there's no way he's getting married either. So that's, so he's not a dud, you know, like he's, he's he's him but he's not getting married so i feel pretty safe with that but i know i didn't say that (laughs) (laughs) dude famous i feel pretty safe with that because my my homie's a dud dude i've seen some i've seen some married duds bro i'm just (laughs) i've gone i've gone to carnivals you know what i mean they have it happens um but hey so speaking and kind of touching on that dude like when when you were when you were starting out, like, because I I got introduced to you. For those of you who are watching, like, you remember that first the first wave of freestyle came out. We had RL, we had Buff, um, and then into Eddie Fiola, Martin, that era, Street, and then like right about ninety one, ninety two. That's when it got hardcore. And then I remember coming back maybe ninety four, ninety five. And I'm guessing dates, dude, because I'm old. And like for me, it was I found a uh, a kid at a a flatland. I'd give away my ozone 
So I'd given up freestyle at this time. And um, I, I saw a kid doing uh, freestyle, flatland freestyle in a, in a uh, tennis court in Modesto. And I stopped and I was like, what kind of bike is that? And he's like, it's a, it's a Hoffman Big Daddy. And I'm like, where can I buy one? I, I used to do flatland. And I, dude, for sure, I look like a weirdo, right? Dude pulls up, doesn't know a kid in a parking lot and is like, tell me about your bike. Where can I buy one? I go down, buy the bike, show up, start riding. Then I got a standard um is it shorty Hoffman big daddy and a standard shorty is what i wrote mm-hmm. wish i had a wish i had a dow now i i found you in in the bako videos bako and then magazines obviously did you know what was happening in in like culture did you have any idea of the impact bako would have on freestyle and people that saw it at your age uh, no, no, we we had no clue. We we kind of did our own thing, um, music wise. I mean, whether it be Chris Rye or you know um, local band named Vacuum Scam from Green Bay or whoever, it's like I think we just did our our own thing. And I mean, clothing wise, you're talking about the look and everything. I mean that that was like a thrift store phase. Is like you you're like your size. 30 you you buy 40 pants or shorts cut them off into there and use a shoestring or whatnot it's like they'll fit it doesn't matter it'll fit but i didn't realize like the baggy jinko look i hate to use the word jinko but it was like <laughs> you know i i had no idea like that would happen um it was kind of like i don't give a kind of shit thing but we just kind of did what we did and it was all based off of the video camera you know, like just film stuff, watch it and then improve. That's what it was. But I mean, where we got stuff from, I mean, obviously we followed the Hoffmans and, you know, we followed a lot of people, uh, red hot chili peppers to like, you know, stuff, but I have, I have no clue. I have no idea like how it just went that way or, you know, why it went that way. We just yeah. did stuff. We, you know, it was, it was the strong ass personalities of every person, a part of Baco. It was like this collectiveness that we all fed off each other. And we, we, we love the part of it of being the individual. You know, you look at jackass, each person's an individual in that. And it was, it, it was jackass before jackass, you know, so, it was, it, yeah. that's a great analogy because yeah. When I saw Jackass, it 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 was so easy for me to to then just adopt into that franchise and go, oh, I, I know this, yeah, because I've already been watching it. Yeah, with the budget and a a little bit of help, it could have got to that, but yeah. it, was, it was early. But that's how everything evolves too. So, um, I I feel like it could have been at that level, but it's I mean, like anything, it's too early. You yeah. know, you, you got to let stuff grow, and it's like people don't accept stuff that's just so shockingly different but i mean we did what we did and no regrets and well a few but (laughs) (laughs) Well, like how at the time i mean how were you guys feeding yourselves i mean so you had you had bear go and yeah you know you you got things going on but at the time we're you're talking like you're talking like out of high school so we're away from our parents type thing we're 
Yeah, yeah I'm assuming that you guys were were pretty much all out of the house and, and yeah. BMX was life and, you know, Flatland was life. That's an interesting one, how we paying for stuff. So my first year out of college in Green Bay, I went to Arizona and I would wake up in the morning and Gons would be in my kitchen and he'd have my wheels on his bike. And I was like, dude, what the fuck's going on? And it, it was like, I think I just got on like Peregrine and he's like, bro, I asked you, I asked you if I could have these wheels. And I was like, when he's like, well, you were sleeping, but you didn't say no. <laughs> and I was like, Dude, are you kidding me? And then I'd steal his shoes. So I'd wear like Adidas shell toes from his stuff and I'd steal all his clothes. And it was like, we just went back and forth, but it was like, we all like, I worked delivering pizzas. Um, we actually all, our whole house in Arizona went into a study like if you went in, it was like, I think it was, if you went the full thing, I'm bad at this too. If it was like 20 days, you got like two grand and that's a lot of money back then. And it's what, like, what year are we talking about now, Chad? What is what you're talking like? 90, is that 94 or 95? You guys are in an experiment house? Like you guys are, you guys are getting no, no, money? Like, <laughs> yeah, we, we lived in an apartment, but yeah. we- you would go do studies, which are like, um, they would test antihistamines on you or certain things. And it's like, I don't even know if that stuff's legal anymore, but you go into a place and you can't leave there and they would do blood work on you or whatnot. And they would kind of test stuff on you. And then slide you a 50, a, a 50 spot across the counter. Right. And you were like, all right, well, I got 50 bucks for it. No, they bribed you with, hey, if you last the whole thing, you get two grand. Oh, you two get two grand. Okay. Don't die. Yeah. Don't Here, die. Here's, another, here's another vein. Oh, you yeah. signed a bunch of stuff. Like we all yeah. committed, the whole house committed. I remember going in and I was like a naive kid. And I'm like, and I was super honest. I remember getting hurt <laughs> and um, and I had to take something for my pain. I was like, I, do, I, got, I got worked. I think I broke a rib or something. And they're like, have you taken any pain? painkillers in the last blah, blah blah and i'm like yeah i took some last night like i have this rib and they're like all right you're out and they kicked me out and i remember talking to a guy next to me that was on coke and i was like how the fuck did you stay in and he's like uh i haven't taken anything and i was like you just tell me you took coke i'm like they don't know that <laughs> like, this seriously fucked up so but um my one roommate troy stayed in for it and he did it and he came out fine you know, but I was like, you just went and did stuff. But I mean, for the sake of money wise, like, I mean, uh, at a point props was giving me a little bit of money, but it wasn't much at all to live off of. So I did pizza delivery. I tried to do a study, but I get kicked out for being honest. And then I go to the store and I hate to say it cause it's statute of limitations is up, but whatever. Um, kids would need cigarettes. I go buy them cigarettes. Like they'd be like, Hey, I need a pack of cigarettes. I go, buy them cigarettes and I come out and they're like, Hey, where's my change? I'm like, I show my fist. I'm like, there's no change. I got, you know, like, right. And you got a mustache. And so back then I had to go (laughs) to, yeah, but, but you just kind of did what you did to get by, you know, it's like, I mean, you you get on food stamps, you do whatever. It's like, you just be creative with stuff because, and I hate to say it is you just want to ride. Like you want to get, a little bit of money, enough food in you or soda just to ride and, and pay the rent. But you had a house full of people. 
You know, it's really easy to pay the rent when you got, I don't know, you look through the couch and you find enough change to pay the rent. You got 12 people in the house or whatever. That's, that's what you did. Like I, somebody asked me they're they're like, man, you haven't worked a day in your life. I calculated I had 38 jobs in my life. Oh, geez. And it's like, that's a lot. So yeah, I mean, we, we just did stuff back then and whatever it took. If I had yeah. to scam people with cigarette money, if I had to try and do a study or, but a lot of it was like pizza delivery. That was an easy one. So yeah. yeah. yeah Cause I read a, a quote from you that said, riding a bike isn't a job. It's not a reliable source of income and it's not a therapist. I mean, I read that and I was like yeah. doing some, you know, background on you and stuff. And I was yeah. like, bro, so true. So how do you, you know, how do you make food appear in your hands or on the table? You know, and it was like, that was a perfect ex- explanation, bro. Like yeah. here, pizza here's delivery, a pizza delivery is an ink, like an income it's tips, but it's also, it's food you could eat for a day off of your, your pizza for the day, like in, in reality. But I also had, my parents have always been very, very nice. You know, if I needed, they've, like when I was a kid, they gave me a $500 loan. Like today people would be like, that's a fucking joke. Like, no, but if they give you a $500 loan and you're paying like $18 a month for the next, do the math. I'm real bad at that, but the next 30 months, 12 years, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. but I mean, they would help out. So I had a car, but they never questioned anything, which I think my parents should question a little bit more, but it was a huge trust thing. And when I came home, I might've been pimply and skinny and malnourished, but you know, they're like seeing me in the magazines. They're like, you know, they give, they give a little bit of trust there, but you know, I don't know. That's I'm from the era of props too. That's when that stuff started. And that's when ad generation started. And that's when sponsors kind of found their new era of, Hey, this is a whole new generation too. So yeah. You know, that's a good point. And I, I know this is going to jump ahead of what where Isaac's going to go. But let me ask you this. I want to tag this into what we're talking about. Uh, when X Games rolled around yep. and speaking of paychecks and feeding yep. yourself and making some dough and yeah. sponsorship, you know, possibilities. Was X Games for you like, man, this could be the ticket into the stratosphere of of opportunities for like those things like income or sponsorships? Did you see that as like, that next like juggernaut step into that world? No, I was, I was blind to it. No, not at all. It's, it's not like the Olympics, which you just saw. Um, it was, it was the next event and everything was, you know, it was, it was like the starting, it was, it was such an infant stage of X games. You know, it's like, you're not getting paid. Well, you're wearing a billboard. Like they want us to wear long sleeves. So like you get more logos on you, you know, it was like, um, it kind of felt a little bit like they're abusing you a little bit, but it was still like the highest stage at that time. So you, you said yes. So um, I got very lucky because I was on the coattails of Nyquist and Mira too, though. So when all that stuff's happening as Dave's getting sponsors, I'm doing shows with Dave and Ryan. So um, I guess I'm a little different in that sense, but it's real weird in BMX, like the pay scale. Like you look at TV and you're like, oh, those are all millionaires, but what's the next tier? And then what's the next one? And it's like, there's such a gap between everything out there that it's like, I've always said, you, you can't just have one. You need to have two to three options. You know, like I did photography, 
a lot of pictures in the magazines. I was a pro rider. I did shows, ran a skate park. Um, like you, you have to have different avenues of all the stuff. So, um, X games was a beautiful thing. And I still have the medal, which is not, it's a gold medal, but it doesn't mean I won. It was like the, um, swag bag that, that you get, <laughs> like you get invited and they give you this little medal. that says X games is gold. And I show it to people like, Oh shit, you're gold. I'm like, no, it's like, <laughs> but it's, I, I guess X game, you know, and I, I love all that. Don't, don't get me wrong, but it was like, it was too early for when Flatland was in X games for me to care about that, to, to, to really care about the money side of it. Cause I didn't, I didn't think of that. And what did I need? I, I don't even think I have a cell phone at that time. And I was living in cars and people's places. So what, what do you really need? at that time. So now, I mean, and, and when you get older, you need stuff. <laughs> you know? What do you, what do you think about what's, what would you like? What's the state of flatland now? What do you think about flatland now? Because it's so, for me, it's so different. We're this, we're, we're, although I look older than dirt, um, I'm only 48. And so we, we grew up in the same era. Like a lot of the things you grew up with, I grew up with. And so when I look at flatland today, I look at it and I'm like, man, I just don't, I don't understand it. I can respect it. I know it's hard. I see them spinning in a circle. And then there's, there's that spectrum where it's like, just everything's on the back wheel. Uh, and then there's also then just everything's on the front wheel and just spinning and doing a spin and then another spin. And so yes. when I look at it, it's, it's beyond what I can even comprehend. And, and that's, that's a great beautiful. thing. It's beautiful. That, yeah. Yeah. If, if something is mind blowing, then it's exactly what those words mean. You know, it's like in Flatland, the, the evolution of it, like years ago, I, 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 I'm thinking when my son was born 13 years ago, I was like, man, this it's, it's, it's at a level it's peaked. And it's like, you think of 13 years ago, the tricks then and now, but it's like, also people are bringing back the old tricks and they're actually getting respect which I, I think when you started scuffing nowadays, it's like a downer, but it's actually not if you do it in a right, you know, interesting way. So it's like the, the trick bag is, is, was so full and it's just like the bag just started growing. It's like a Chia, Chia trick bag. <laughs> right. Growing. It's like, well, yeah. We see guys like yourself. We see guys like Gabe weed, um, Nick Watts, um, there's a ton of, of dudes out there who have had their, you know, time with, with flatland, with scuffing and all that stuff. And it seems like you're saying to make that like, you know, total resurgence where people are like, bro, that's fucking badass. Like it's something new, or at least a revitalization of something that hasn't been seen in a while. So it's that, you know, it's that new feeling and new stokeness with, with, you know, flatland. So I think it's totally cool to especially see like the younger kids, if you want to call it that, you know, being 48, that could mean a whole age range for me, but to see those things now coming back, you know, and it's, it's really cool to see that mixed in with street park um, to watch those guys include like the flatland maneuvers and everything. So, yeah. I mean, you, you mentioned somebody like a Gabe weed. Um, he's so refreshing to see because I mean, part of his age, but it's also who he is, but, I think the love in BMX is, is a huge part where they don't want to see people go away. 
And I, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm trying to make that as strong as possible, but you don't want to see like people you've looked up to or whatever do bad, uh, go down the wrong path and go away, mainly go away. So I think there's a huge, just un, you know, it, it's, it's what, what do you, I don't know what you call it, but it's like, you just don't want to see these people, you know, having a hard time or whatnot. It's like that. It's like, there's so much support in it especially like flatland side that's it's awesome you know it's like i i don't know and you mentioned that like the young kids especially like in japan and around it's unheard of like some of these kids are so young they don't even have the muscle mass to do half of this stuff <laughs> but their thought process and mindset they've figured it all out and it's like it's it's kind of genius you know it makes me kind of bummed i didn't start riding earlier or know more but as you get older you're like eh. it's like i don't know it's 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 crazy and the growth of it whatnot from the contests need to come back you know um the the circle of balance the you know voodoo jams to um international contests and stuff like that plus the olympics like they i think they got you know they had their hands full with bmx this year where BMX Flatline got a little bit chipped on that, but it's a stepping stone. Give it four years and we'll see what happens, you know? So that would be in, insane, you know, to have Flatland in the Olympics. So, yeah, that, that would, I mean, just the, the thought of that blows my mind. Absolutely yeah. blows my mind. Um, Hell yeah. Now, did you have like a, and this is just questions I've always wanted to ask you. Did you have a favorite bike? My, I have a couple favorite bikes. Um, and you can go into as much detail as you want on all yeah. of them. And we love that shit, dude. So absolutely. An 86 performer was like the best geometry welded numerous times. Um, <laughs> I do love uh, when I had a sample Schwinn, um, although it was heavy, it was just something like it had magic powers um, that like a green Schwinn, uh, which I still have. That's crazy. Um, my trans red, uh, standard shorty, that was like a magic trick. I don't think I needed to do much except just let the bike made me do it. You know, if I had to blame the bike for all that stuff, um, <laughs> uh, baby blue standard shorty, that was a huge one. Uh, I got to give it to like Hoffman. Um, I wrote a big daddy for the X games one year for all a couple months and it was awesome. Uh, that was beautiful, but my two loves right now are my two current bikes. Like I have an army green deco jackpot, which it has a long story. It was, um, went to bikes over Baghdad, got lost in Istanbul, Turkey, ended up in Africa. Um, I found it about, well, the U S government found it probably, I think it was four months later. I got it back. So what? I'm actually on that bike still. And that's been since 2015. So six years ago. So that, that thing's like my go-to bike when uh, I ride the pump track and whatnot. It's like, it's pretty crazy that that bike has that kind of history. And it's like, it means a lot to me, you know? Um, but my flatland bikes, I try and change every year, but it's been about two years now for that. But I think that green deco jackpot i have is that's kind of like the one that's like the good luck charm yeah so 
Yeah, that's, that's, that's crazy. Man. So, I mean, I want to touch back. What is the story behind the lost bike and, and the U.S. government finding it? Like, was there like an APB internationally Interpol, everybody looking for, I mean, what is, what's behind that, Chad? Yeah. So we, we, we entertain the troops. I've been on three tours. It's called bikes over Baghdad. You can look it up. Um, I've done some YouTube videos and whatnot, but, um, so we go over, uh, mainly middle East, um, I've been to North Iraq, uh, been to Africa, um, different parts of Africa, central and Djibouti area. Um, we've been around Bahrain cutter, like all around. And it's like, you go there and you entertain the troops. So it's one trip we land in Istanbul and, um, I have no idea our stuff just didn't show up <laughs> and, uh, we take another flight and you don't know how you're flying or what you're doing. Like I remember one of those flights, it was a two hour flight and it took, I think seven hours cause we had to fly around a war zone. So you don't want to fly through airsprays, you know, where, you know, there's hot stuff going on. So it's like, all we know is that happens and we get to Djibouti, Africa and we're like, all right, where's our stuff? And they're like, we, they don't know. And oh. it was that next week, there was like a crazy gunfight. And I think an explosion in the Istanbul airport. And I was like, I believe our stuff was still there. And I was like, okay. So we get to Djibouti, Africa. And most of us, like the crew, we have to build ramps, you know, in 120 degree weather. Uh, we have to perform. We have to do shows. And we have a couple bikes. So I rode flat on, um, Rob Darton's bike. He's just got a back brake. I did a bunch of sliders, some, some, some little stuff. I got through it, but it, it wasn't the same. Get back to the U S and they're like, yeah, uh, we found the bikes. We found your equipment. We'll send it. And it was seriously like three months later. So logistically it was just a nightmare. And it was like, I was sitting here for a couple months without a bike and up building up a bike. And I'm like, I got a ride. And it was like the month later it shows up. I'm like the story of this bike, like oh if this bike could talk dude. or whatnot, um, if it saw gunfire, if it saw this, it saw that or whatnot, it's like, it's, it's pretty crazy, but yeah, it's, it's an army green bike and it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's my go-to bike. So yeah, but bikes over Baghdad is a good thing. Good for the troops and where your bike can bring you and bring smiles is absolutely a crazy thing. And that, and when you were over there, man, you had, you guys didn't know, or it sounds like you didn't know where you were going from one place to another. Was it, was it, did you know that? Or was it kind of just like, Hey, get on this plane and, and we're going to, you know, we got a two hour flight. You, you can't, know? you can't really know because you might, you know, you, you might be flying over Baghdad at four in the morning, you know, you, with Blackhawks, tracing like following you you might be in a black hawk flying with your bike you might be doing this might like they tell you enough information but knowing that when you get to base and you have wi-fi you can't really reveal much you know it's like you're not like debriefed but you're not really in the know you just show up and you're like what do i do now and then you create a show you know like you might have like a big front end shovel that turns into a quarter pipe and like some scaffolding for a show, or I might be on a runway, but like 
the runway of a French side of the base and you're just doing a demo, you have like five minutes to do a demo. Like you, you don't know anything. Um, the craziest one is we got stuck in North Iraq. Like we were up there and nobody's really been up there and we got stuck. It wasn't that our plane caught on fire, even though one did. Um, but we got stuck there and we just did another show and we're there to do shows and hang out and not to party. We're there to hang out with, with the crew. And it's like, you know, all of a sudden there's an open window to get on a plane to get out. And we do that. So they with you, I mean, it's Nate Wessel, it's Darton, it's Morgan Wade. It's, um, you know, it's, there's a crew of like 12 people. It's catfish, you know, Kaczynski, you know, Kimler. Uh, it's, it's a lot of people, but like when it's time to go, you throw your bikes onto a pallet and they palletize it and then load it into, you know, the back of a plane, you know, it's like when we flew over Baghdad, the back of the plane is, is down and there's a gunner back there with his hand on the trigger. And we're all back there like snapping pictures. I remember taking a picture, but my flash went off. If your flash goes off, it signals like, Hey, we're here. And it was like, I should have been kicked off the trip <laughs> or like just showing a flash flying over Baghdad. You know, it's like, it's crazy, but you, you don't know, like, like Did they flip flash. out. Did they flip out on you when the flash went off? It wasn't a complete flip off flip out, but it was like, just don't do that. Like you don't <laughs> identify that you're flying over that you're, you, yeah. you don't do that. You know, the, no. the, and it's, it's not, it's not just that, like, like we were on a trip and it, I think it was a, they said it was a two hour flight and it turned out to be four, but there's no bathrooms. So I'm like holding a plastic bag thinking of peeing in it. And it's like, everybody's like this and there's no heat on the plane. There's no air conditioning. So either you're hot or cold, you have to pee or after this, and then you're next to rifles everywhere. It was like, you know, like, um, another one we're on, we're like, you can't even fit in a seat. There's not even seats. There's just straps. And you, the whole back <laughs> of the car goes all military, male and female. <clears throat> and I look and there's a little flap. And I was like, Hey man, what's that? And they're like, Oh, if you really have to pee, you go in there. I was like, what's that? And there's a shower curtain and a bucket. And I'm like, you really have to shit. You go in there. (laughs) And I was like, I got to pee. And they're like, you have to climb over everybody. So there's machine guns and rifles and I'm climbing over every person. I lift up a flap and there's girls and guys all around me. And you set your hog in there, not in there. You don't touch it. You take a piss. Um, or if you have the squirts, you go behind the shower curtain and you shit in a bucket. It was like, there's some like wild stuff going on up there, but it was like, yeah, I got story after story after story about that. So yeah. I'm glad you got your bike back. What's that? I said, glad you got your bike back. Yeah. I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I still ride it. I still ride the thing. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, okay. Here's, here's something that, that I get asked all the time. Um, being being someone that's a bit older, uh, personally, if and being a former Flatland guy, yep. What should I buy? What what if I go to your website and I yep. want to get a Flatland bike? Yeah. Would you Would you recommend your bike, or would you recommend something different? Um, right now I'm out of stock on on everything, so yeah. that that kind of sucks. I wish, 
about two years ago, I had everything in, but with this all happening, Taiwan's a whole different world over there. But yeah. if you want to go to the site, um, I can recommend stuff. I can suggest stuff and I'm, I would help you with different brands too. So yeah, if you want to go to decobmx.com or my shop, mrbikesandboards.com, like mm-hmm. I would love to, um, there's great, great places, flatland fuel. They got complete bikes and stuff. Um, if you want to get back into it, I suggest buying a complete bike. Check that out. Yeah. Can there you, you go. That? You got it right there. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, shout out. I, when I was, when I was learning to tattoo, I tattooed myself, uh, a flat, the flatland that Craig, that's the flatland fuel logo. Yeah, you can't tell with my poor, it's a <laughs> pegs. No, I, I wasn't a very good tattooer by the way. Um, but I, I did that. And I, I think I sent it to Pat years ago. I sent it to him recently. He's like, cool. <laughs> He's like, I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm okay. I get it. We don't know each other. I, I understand. <laughs> it was awkward. Um, yeah, it sounds like it. It was, it was, but, uh, he did help me get, what did he help me get a, I'm going to slaughter this dude. Was it maybe called a Quammen Q? Yeah. Quammen was a good brand. Um, I don't know how much they're around anymore. Like Aries makes good, good, complete bikes. Like Iggy does a bunch of stuff. Uh, colony is another contender too. Um, Haro is always kind of in the game. Um, I'm trying to think flatland specific. There's not a lot. I know DK, I think still tries to do some stuff here and there, but um, getting back into it's really tough because it's a little frustrating. Cause if you com- build a complete bike, you could spend 12, 1500 bucks. You Easy. buy a complete flatland bike, you can spend four to 600 bucks and then deck it out with some deco pegs, you know, get some woo pegs on there. And then um, throw like a profile Z coaster on it uh, and then just start customizing it. So I, nice. I mean, with my shop, I sell a lot of complete bikes and then let people customize it. That's definitely the way to do it. I feel so, but there's stuff out there, but okay. it's, there's not a lot. Here's, what, here's um, my other question real quick, Craig. Cause I, and then you can ask your BMX questions too. Cause like uh, Craig's got a ton. So Obviously, we're really into big BMX bikes. The, the yep. PK Ripper 27.5 is my favorite bike. Yep. Um, I love that bike. I do flat light. I'll go out and do tail whips on it. I'll go do lawnmowers on it. That's my like. That's where I was like, I'm comfortable doing that. It's this you see Montana Ricky flat doing flat some stuff on that? Dude, that Montana Ricky oh, yeah. and yep. Gabe Weed. Yeah, yep. Gabe Weed's yep. doing it too, dude. And there's yep. a guy named Scott Powell um, and on I Instagram. I Scott Powell really well. I got stories about him in Hawaii for sure. That guy, dude. <laughs> That guy does flatland on a 26 inch, like titanium bike. Dude, it's amazing. He's he has like just, 20 bikes. He has pedaling front back wheel, um, pedaling pedals. He has like, yeah, Scott, he, he, I think he just bought a condo down here. So he, he was down here not long ago, but yeah, Scott's, Scott's doing amazing. Yeah. He, he's into all that stuff. So that's awesome. I, here's, here's a question I want to have. Um, so in, in you got to think back to like our era, the first, the first wave of our era and like the top of the line stuff you could get Peregrine HP 48s. And I remember flight cranks, flight cranks were the shit. And so we're Peregrine 48s nowadays. Like I, I think I have some revenge 48s that I got from Gabe weed, like, because I felt like I had to have 48s, but you don't need 48s really. Am I, is that like a thing of the past 48 spoke or 48s? For flatland is that 48s for flatland and 48s are kind of like a collector thing that's it 
Yeah. Like I, I know bone death tried to, you know, do some stuff with that. Um, just cause of their street riding and jumping off roofs and everything like that. 48s. You don't need that. Like yeah. 36. Um, I think I've built a 48 wheel. Like I do probably five to 10 wheels a week. Um, around Christmas, probably about 14 to 20 a week. And I've done, I think one forty-eight in the last probably eight years. Like it's just, I, you, you don't need it. Yeah. The technology is really good with the 36s. You don't, you, yeah, you don't, you don't need any of that, but a lot of people think that, okay, so I just built up a wheel for Mark Eaton and he was like, he's on a new Haro and he didn't know any of the specs, which is hilarious, you know, but he's like, <laughs> I need it all Chrome, bro. I need it. I need it. Bling, bling, blah, blah, blah. And um, I was like, are you running 48s? I had to ask. And he's like, I don't know. And I was like, look, <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's right there, but, but they're 36. And I'm like, and then building up a profile Z coaster to a sun rim for him was, was real easy. I'm like, you're, you're not going to go nuts on this. you like, like what kind of, are, are you like doing flips? What are you doing? He's like, bro, I'm not even going to do like a 180 or anything like that. I just want to, you know, I just want to ride around and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you're fine with a 36. A 36 is completely good. People are killing themselves. Look at the Olympic guys. If they're there's none riding 48s, look at the stuff they do. Uh, riding flat, obviously there's lateral difference on it and stuff, but just run a 36. Yep. If you can find 48s, save them and sell them on eBay to somebody that wants to pay that. <laughs> yeah, it's your grandpa. So it's a grandpa yeah. Isaac. There you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank hey, you. No thank disrespect. You I don't mean to make funny if you love 48s. No. <laughs> so. not not at all dude but that's that's the thing like for me to come back and okay so when i left the last bike that i built was i think maybe that Quamen. you know what i mean it was like a, a g4 g5 i don't know something like that it it i built it it had a, i believe it had an american bottom bracket just a press in bottom bracket yeah. and that was it dude and so nowadays like i bought a do you know poor boy you know poor boy steve yeah i wrote for i wrote for yeah I rode okay. poor boy for, I don't know how many years I was in 500 miles, the video of that. And yeah, 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 dude. Sure. Okay. So Steve, Steve, Steve knows my love for ozone. That was like my last bike I had. And I have a love. Ozone affair was great. Yeah. Yeah. I loved ozone. And I have a funny story where I thought I was going to be killed by the ozone people picking up my bike. Cause I lived in NorCal and I went and picked the bike up from the factory. Was um, that in your Grasso story too? It was. Yeah. I'm yeah. at I'm at that point right now in the podcast, so don't spoil it. I won't. I won't. <laughs> Believe me, and nobody if, else wants if, to hear it. If you're new to this podcast, go watch Grasso's. Go watch. Um, yeah, I, I love it. It's it's great. So yeah. <laughs> Dude, but but I'm right there it. right now, so don't ruin it. Perfect. That. Perfect. Okay. So so uh, like that like bites back then very different than what I'm getting now. Like I, I talked to to Steve and Steve's like, dude, I can probably find you like a colony repop of the ozone. Mm-hmm. So I got it. And I luck- luckily I put everything that Gabe weed sold me on an intricate frame mm-hmm. that I, j- I was like, this just feels so small. I can't ride it. Um, so I, put, I the, the ozone feels a lot bigger for some reason. It just feels bigger, longer. And I, I bought some of the, the Peregrine Q bar repops. And so like, it feels comfortable. I could do tail whips and whiplashes and, and fire hydrants and stuff like that. So I'm happy with it. Um, but I also understand that you understand, cause I saw a YouTube video of you talking about 
profile Z coasters. Yeah. R- yeah. RL put one or he tried one out on his Haro 20, his 26 inch master, his Haro master with the double Slim McCoy uh, 26 inch from Haro. And, and RL Osborne put the profile Z coaster on that. Cool. And so, yeah, I didn't, yeah, I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah, dude. Yeah. He was talking about, like, he got into the, the swapping it out so you can adjust how much, how much gap, how much the slack. You know, slack. Yep. And so dude, fascinating. So, and I know Craig's dying to ask a bunch of these questions too. Cause you know, like with big bikes, you have all these BMX kids yep. that came back and are like, man, my knee hurts, my back hurts, but I can ride like this big ripper. It's 20, it's a 29er, but I, yep. If you go to one of these ride outs, you'll see three to 7,000 people show up to go and ride 20 miles with a bunch of people that are just like them. Not unheard of to see $600 chrome uh, bullseye pedals easily on these bikes. Cause it's, it's all these kids that grew up and now we just have big kid paper routes that we can go and throw $600 pedals on a bike if we wanted to. Yep. Um, Difference is we don't necessarily know what is out there now. And you being someone that knows bike parts, yep. what would you recommend from profile as far as like, as the, far as like the hubs and, and all the way down? I mean, the, the, the profile Z coaster is, is my, I guess, labor of love. Cause I was, I was there from, you know, them trying to patent it from the start to actually testing it, to blowing it apart, to it being my favorite hub ever you know, to part, part of it was, um, when I was testing it, they took it away and there's a huge, huge discrepancy. I hope you don't mind me getting into all this stuff. No, please do. um, Please please do. Like, like when you come up with a new concept for a bike part, you need to do your research if it's patented or not. And if you go to patent it and it's already patented, what do you do? You either scrap the idea or come up with a new one. So that's, that's the evolution of the Z coaster. The first phase of the profile hub, I'm going to call it that, uh, was already patented. And the person that did it didn't know that or did know that. And let's just say that person's not involved in there anymore, but, um, the crew at profile was like, and, and, and me and me included, I was like, man, this hub is genius. It has to happen, blah, blah. And they, they're going to scrap the idea. And I was like, strongly, I'm like, this, this has to be, this is like the, the, the iPod into the iPhone. It is like there, there's certain stuff in the sport, the pivotal seat post. There's certain things that I think change the industry. And I felt like this was one of them. And so the minds started working at Profile and they came up with a new piece that was unique and they could patent. It was like genius, you know, it's like, and it works. Um, everything is awesome about it. Uh, the internals are so easy, but they went from like, when, when I started riding f- like free coasters, it was, it's essentially a foot brake. And then you take out the metal brake pads and you put a washer in there. So it won't like, it'll spin backwards and not expand and go into the hub. And it's like, I worked with my uncle on that stuff, plus on pegs, which I can get into later, um, along the same time of indie industries, like Bill Nitschke's pegs too, washer based, you know, like put the, put the lug on there. But so profile, 
got that going and did it. And I was like, I was so excited to be a part of it, you know, to obviously wreck one, to get it going, but to also have a part in it. You know, it's like, I, I did some of the instructional videos and tutorials on it and everything like that. But it's like, that's my go-to hub because part of, part of it is my whole life has been quiet. Like when you pedal, there's no clicking. Now I have a click, but you right. backpedal a little bit and it turns it off and it's a free coaster. So audibly, you know, that like when it's working was cool, but you can also use it as like a full functioning cassette. So it was like trying to take some high end profile elite status hub and make it into something that's good for this. And I hate to say it, and I'm not spilling the beans by any means, but like, if you can get into this aspect of it, like to have Paul's go dormant, and then you have a free coaster. That is it. That's a simple concept. It's clicking, which means it's engaged. You back it off. It's not engaged and you can go backwards. If you can get that into Olympic racing, think of the hundredths of a second that you can save. So if you can train a racer to pedal as hard as they can to go and then to backpedal in the straights when they're pumping, they can save that Paul drag on there. But what if that, I don't know, I what no, it's making be, sense. What if that Paul drag, you know, ended up being those hundredths of a second in resistance yeah. Yeah. Um, that they can save from backpedaling. And like, that could be the difference between podium and, yep. you know, not podium. And a bigger picture is like, let's say tour to France or something like that. You could teach those guys how to do that when they're climbs, you're going up, but coasting and everything like that you're disengaging. It's like you dissect that into milliseconds. It's crazy. Like Morgan Wade, he does big air, the big ramp. He, I think he has four Pauls in there and he takes out two or three, but he also has $600 pressed in bearings too. Um, so he can do 25 foot airs. A lot of people think about that stuff and dissect it, but I think the industry needs to go into that aspect, you know, like uh, a higher end you know, um, better Swiss ceramics or just better construction or better this. Cause everything is kind of based off of, and I can bash them and I will is like somebody like an Eastern bikes kind of wrecked the industry for a little while. I feel like they made stuff so affordable. Like when you buy grips for like $5, that's what a dealer buys them for. Like they're selling those to the customer. Like I think you need to have options like that in higher end stuff, but there, there's a lot of people that still don't want to accept that. You know, it's, it's, it's such a huge gap of it's not affordable. It's too expensive. So they get bashed on, but the profile Z coaster is based off the elite hub. It's $360 hub. Why would they make the Z coaster a cheaper hub when it's based off that? So it's essentially a $360 rear hub. That's phenomenal. Go buy five other hubs that you might blow out when you can just have one Z coaster. So yeah. And Isaac possible. and I were, we were talking about this the other, <clears throat> the other night on, on our streaming podcast, Chad. And it was like, you know, we want to start at least getting people into the big bike scene aware one, get, you know, make them aware of technology and accessories and parts like the free coaster, like the profile Z coaster, like we know that these kids and, and these riders in this big bike world are starting to incorporate 
mm-hmm. flatland and freestyle into this wheelie culture, right? Where it's yeah, more the peg or less wheelie. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. it's like now we see him doing these rock walks. We see him doing other tricks where you come out of the trick and it's a rolling backwards trick, and they're just pedaling back, pedaling back. Yep. Like you guys, there are there's technology out there currently in somebody's you know online store in a in a glass um, case inside of a bike shop that you can buy and put on this bike that is going to give you that enhancement, give you that advantage for the style of riding. And and I think if that's where this is going, even in the big bike world, so Tour de France, yes, BMX racing, yes, Olympic freestyle, yes. But you know we were like. We gotta. We want to see what we we what we see is you know this happening, and and we want to start tagging brands like Profile, yeah. like like you know whoever to say, hey, look, we're buying your guys' stuff because we're putting it on these big bikes. We we want the aftermarket parts, we want the technology, we want all the engineering and all those things. Like, are do you guys see like? more and more of like say profile giving an eye to the bigger bike world do you guys see like our slice of the pie on this whole graph that says hey we're you know we're validated we're we, we can be a part of this scene too <laughs> make I me mean, pegs chad that's what i want make yeah i mean I'm, I'm, I'm taking here. the long ass way to get around <laughs> it like it is is that something that you guys consider or is it just basically like we'll make this for anyone who can use it it's it they they make like uh i don't own profile but it's like they they make parts for the user yeah. and when when it's somebody like me um expressing interest in something like that like okay so let's let's say i, I call them wheelie kids like you know you do the peg wheelies you do yeah. the kneely which i've done a lot of kneely tricks knee on the seat picture one of those kids on a big bike with a z coaster doing kneelies backwards he's doing his whole cross foot he's kneeling on the seat he's doing all stuff he's hauling ass backwards yeah. you think of how mind-blown people would be so I, I, totally I and that. i i think that they don't even know that that's out there like these the wheelie culture folks i'm not going to say don't have no, the knowledge of of stuff from yeah. like you know the 90s or earlier or whatever 2000s yeah. i just don't think they know it exists yet you know, and that's, that it's out there. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, I, I see these kids, like they're in traffic, even here in Orlando, swerving around cars and everything. And I fix a lot of the bikes and everything. Um, I, I guess I don't know if they would apply it or they want, like, who are, who are the people that they look at that know to go on knee on the seat to the left peg, to the right peg to this, who are those people? It's not Todd Lyons. Like who, who are the people, you know, um, that can change this, that that's, that's what it is. Yeah. It's, you know, it, it's, we need new, it's, it's the next generation of Baco, Chad is your answer, right? Yeah. It could be big bikes. Yeah. 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 Baco, like it, Instagram is Baco. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. In, it, and I, I put a lot of reverence on that dude, because like, like that's what kept me going. I couldn't ride like you guys, man. I could watch and and appreciate the music and the, you know, like I was telling you the other day. Like there's there's a shot of it's a hitchhiker and it's it's like the handy cam is duct taped to your top tube or maybe the 
the chain stay. I, I don't remember. I, ta- I taped it to my peg. I taped it to the top tube. And I think I taped it to my seat. Like yeah. that's straight up duct tape and a towel. Dude. Like, yeah. Craig. I, think, I think you mentioned that you're like, that's like the first round GoPro. <laughs> it was. It was, dude. It, it, what's crazy about that is when you actually tape a camera to your bike, you have to be smooth. You, you don't want that jitter in the hop and the, the right. and stuff. So, yeah, it, that's just kind of what we did, though. Yeah, there was no hyper smooth. There's no hyper smooth on a Sony Handycam <laughs> on, on no. like high eight. I you were the hyper smooth, bro. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but before okay, I'm gonna move on. But 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 one thing that that I hope you guys all cued in on, I cued in on it. But as you ride big bikes, getting a, a simple upgrade of an of a profile free coaster. Yep. For a long ride, you guys. What so what y'all like, everyone likes that loud free will. Everyone wants yep. that loud free will. It's got it. Yep. The sound from a free will is actually springs hitting, which is slowing your wheel down. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's science. So what Chad is talking about with a free coaster is if you pedal backwards a little bit, those, those paws will come in. You won't hear that sound. But now as you're riding, you're not having any friction hold you back while you're riding. So you will be able to ride longer and your yep. legs will last longer. So if you are if you are of an age that you want to ride longer with a smoother ride and less resistance, the free coaster isn't just for kids jumping off houses. It's for you. And you just don't know that that technology applies to the way that you ride your bike. So I hope you followed along with that and, and would see the value in that simple upgrade of a Z coaster. Even if you don't do a free, even if you're never going to go ride your bike backwards, you're like, I'm 60, Isaac, you need this more than I do because this will let you pedal with the the precision of profile without any. It's actually pretty cool though. Like I've I've ridden since 86 and I haven't had clicking on my bike and it's kind of a fun thing to like, to turn it on and off. Like you, it's not for me. Like I just posted a video recently of a scooter kid hitting me, but it's like, you know, you're audibly you're there, but it's like, I don't know. It's, 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 you, you, you got to try riding, you know, the Z code. Cause you can just turn it off. Dude, you know? I'll be honest. Yeah. I, I was, I, I never believed in, in free coasters ever because you know, the gen one free coaster is what I remember everyone had mm-hmm. and you pedaled backwards and it sounded like a garbage disposal with a spoon yeah. in it. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want my bike to sound like that. I want my bike to sound like I love it because I, yep. you know what I mean? Like you just, you love your bike and, I didn't like that. And so I was like, oh, this is stupid technology. You know what I mean? This is about as good as a rotor. You know what I mean? Like rotor, not gyro. And so, uh, you know, when you look at that and then I see a name like profile and I'm like, shit, they're putting their name. Like it makes me even swear. That's, that was my reaction. You know what I mean? I'm like profiles, putting their name on a free coaster. That's a big deal. It is. It is. It's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, like in their name is profile racing, you know, it's like, that's, um, it was, it was a bold statement. And I think it was, it was, um, a lot of trust on my side on, you know, coming up with this patented idea and, you know, basing it off of something that exists already, like off their elite hub. But if you take apart the profile Z coaster, it's like, it's such a simplistic thing 
(laughs) It's beautiful. Like everybody thinks you need to get super technical and go hard and go crazy. And it's like, no, you take it apart and you're like, oh, that's it. Like, and that's, that makes like the mind be like at peace. It's like, whoa, that's cool. You know, it's like, it's like, I was so happy and satisfied with like how to explain how it works and whatnot. And it's like, that's it. Yeah. It's, 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 it's not like you have this roller and this escalator and this rolls up on here and it goes back there and this has to be this and this could break. It's not like that. It's, this is what it is. Yeah. So yeah, I strongly suggest people to try them, get into them. And if you don't like the free coaster side of it, they include a little piece that turns into a full functioning cassette. Um, but it is a cassette unless you backpedal and turn it into a free coaster, which I think the sport needed. So there's, there's a lot of people like yourself that, you know, like the clicking, like the constant engagement. And it is like that. Yep. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to have to check one out, dude. And here's the thing. I was, I was in the purchase path and that's how I saw your video of you describing it. And the funniest thing, dude, Craig, Craig was cracking up too. So while you're, while you're describing how simple it is, right. And you're just like, there's only a couple, you know, it's, it's very simple design. Um, R.L. Osborne freestyle, freestyle guy, Mm -hmm. um, bought, bought the free coaster and he took it apart. He's like, I'm going to take it apart and we'll just see what's inside. Cause he's, that's the kind of guy he is. He's just inquisitive. And I'm like, I'm just sitting back and I'm like, babe, pop some popcorn because I'm thinking RL is going to take apart this free coaster. And it's just going to go. And it's a puzzle piece. Yes. Springs are going to come out of it. Right. And then I'm like, Chad, it's like exactly what you said. He's like, Oh, there's wait, there's this, it's this, this, and this, and he pulled, he pulls out, he pulls out the one and he bought the one that had the three. So you had three options. Yeah, it's for, a slack ring. Gap. Yeah, yeah, slack yeah. ring. Yeah. And yeah. so he drops the slack. He's like, and he's explaining it to you. And I'm like, yeah. look at RL, man. All just explaining yeah. this profile. It was beautiful. Okay. Yeah. Chad, thanks for coming to the Chad DeGroot interview and talking all about profile. That was fantastic. But we all wanted to know. So thanks for coming to your own interview and, <laughs> yeah. and uh, the profile version of that. But dude, thank you, you know, for developing that, that because that is a piece it, of technology. It wasn't all, it wasn't all me, but I, I'd like to have a... I say that I had a, a big part in it. So there, there's a lot of behind the scenes. There's a lot of hiccups. There's a lot of, a lot of stuff, but I'm super satisfied that, you know, the, the people at profile, like really trusted to not scrap the idea, you know, like it's, it's, there's a lot of patented stuff out there. It can yeah. be a patented piece and that can make the whole, the, you know, it, it, it could just kill the whole thing. I'm stoked that I fell in love with it. And I, I stood strong with everything. So yeah, I appreciate yeah. you saying that and it being there and something I trust yeah. every day too. So I, well, here's the thing, dude, I, tr- I, I trust you from back then because I, the, the, you, I don't believe the, the Chad that I grew up watching and get interviewed and all that would put something out, put your name on something just to make some money. Like that's, that has never been something that, that has been part of your brand you know what I mean? Like you'll hustle. You're telling the stories like I'll hustle, but I'm not as, you know what I mean? I'm not going to rip you off. I'm not like going to yeah. put my name on this profile thing and be like, you guys should all buy this. Yep. Like, so, so please tell profile. Thank you. Yeah. Um, for on behalf of, of people like myself that have ridden bikes since I was 12 for continuing yeah. to make it easy for me to ride a BMX bike at my age comfortably and to keep it interesting and, to and keep make it fun, fun and yes. better 
and better. Exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. I, dude, I, I geeked out when I was a kid. I remember the, I, I profile or not profile. I had red line flight cranks and I remember I would, I was so proud of them. I would take them like literally dude. I just took the pinch bolts off, took the crank off, wiped it and put it back on. Felt like I was doing like the best maintenance in the world, but I was so proud of it. And so that's the feeling I get when I see like high-end profile stuff. You know what I mean? It's, it's interesting. Yeah. To me. Um, so, so 80s BMX Craig, <laughs> this up, is buddy? a story. Hey guys, how you doing? This is a story. <laughs> yeah, welcome back to the interview, Craig. Okay. Right. So this story, this story I heard on, on Scotty's YouTube because he's showing uh, a mayor, the mayor of what city is it, Chad? It's, it's Longwood, Florida. Longwood, Florida. So the yeah. mayor of Longwood, Florida, pro yeah. wrestler, ginormous yeah. man. He's seven um, foot two. He's an ex WWE wrestler. His name is Matt Morgan, the blueprint. He is, he, well, he was the mayor for, I believe, a year or two. And now he's, he was commissioner and back to commissioner. But yes, yeah. Mayor, okay. mayor, yeah. Mayor Morgan. Seven, seven foot two. To put that in perspective, the guy that played Michael Myers. And Rob Zombie's Halloween was six nine. So this guy's taller than than Michael Myers from Halloween. That's his, his head, perspective. His head is like it's it's like a superhero head. Yeah. Like his head, I, I always look at his head and like his head's so big. Right. I just look at him like you probably eat a lot of chicken, huh? You eat a lot of eggs. You know what I mean? Like when you look at someone and you go, that dude's yoked. Dude, this guy's yoked. And so Dude, that's an, that's we, we call that an eclipse head because if yeah. they walk in front of the sun, bro. Yeah, yeah we're all in eclipse. the shade. We're all good. <laughs> we're all going to have a nice little picnic. So um, I'm watching the show. I'm watching this channel, right? And like Scotty's talking about how it's a grand opening of this pump track. And then I hear how Chad was involved. And I'm like, wait, of course Chad was involved. How would that would not, how would that not happen? Right. Um, so, dude, you got, oh, the funniest part is watching him on the pump track on a 20-inch bike. So, it makes me feel really bad about complaining about, like, oh, man, my knees hurt. Because yeah. Andre the Giant with a heart of gold, this guy is, like, the nicest person in the world, even though he's, you know, he's just a giant human dude. He, you see, the water slide smile, you know what I mean? Like, you see him yeah. get on a bike, and he's just like, yep, 12. I'm not seven foot two. Yeah. I'm 12-year-old you know, not the blueprint anymore. I'm just a dude on a bike trying to jump and it's, it's pure Chad. My question to you, (laughs) how you were involved in that. Can you explain the process of how you got involved or what you know about it? Because I want anybody that here, I want at least one person that hears this podcast in the history of the world of YouTube to go and make a pump track in their hometown. Of course. So um, I'm pretty tight with the city, with Chris, uh, you know, the mayor, the city commissioners and everything like that. So when you start having meetings, uh, we have an existing skate park. Um, How do you you go there? You ask questions. That's the best thing. Um, Ask a lot of questions, follow up questions, blah, blah. How do we make this better? Um, They're like, well, we can do this. And then I have my suggestions. But where does the funding come from? And that was a huge key to this. So the city uh, sat me down and they're like, well, there's a way of writing grants, but there's actually grant writers. So it's almost like a, an art. So you need to know which grants are available in which state. I'm going to just focus on Florida for the sake of this. Yeah. So 
what you do is you say, hey, I'm going to apply for this grant, this grant, this grant, this grant, and whatnot. So we went for one and 35 are awarded. Um, it's a kid's grant. And when you write it, you have to take into corporation. It's not necessarily for a skate park. It's not for a pump track. It's not for a jungle gym. It's not for signage, tennis, uh, painting, uh, strips. It's for everything. So when we applied, the deal was, is the jungle gym is kind of crappy. So we're like, we want to put some money into this. So like tennis courts, the tennis nets, blah, blah. So it's, it's, it's like a blanket on the park. Um, if you focus on skate park, skate, a rail, blah, blah, blah you're not going to go anywhere. You have to spread the love to a whole bunch of, you know, so what, what it comes down to is points. So when we wrote the part for the jungle gym, we got a couple points. When we wrote it for this, we got a couple points, but we got very lucky that the train rides right next to the park. It's a sun rail. It's a public transportation system. And that's where the next bike path is going. So they can incorporate that by saying it's actually a bike stop. So, and then what's associated with biking, the Olympics. So if you incorporate bike path, bike stop, a park, then you get awarded all these points. So we beat out like Miami, Tallahassee, Jacksonville, um, who, who else? Tampa, blah, blah. We be, beat out all those in Orlando and we got awarded $200,000 to go to the park. Mm -hmm. So the deal was, which is pretty crazy is that $200,000 goes to the park or the skate park. Um, but it has to be split up. So in true fashion, it had to be split up into the jungle gym, which a hundred thousand went there and a hundred thousand dollars got incorporated into the pump track because it's a hell of a jungle gym, bro. It's a hell yeah. of a jungle yeah. gym. Uh, <clears throat> but it sounds like on the grand scheme of things though, like, yeah, yeah I mean, you get that and that's dope yeah. that you got it awarded, but a hundred yes. grand, you know, one, one of the, one piece of that or 200 grand, hundred grand funneling to the park and then a hundred yeah. to the uh, pump track. Yep. A hundred grand, although it's a grant helps, but it's not, I mean, that's only a slice of the bigger picture, right? I mean, it, it definitely exactly. helps. Exactly. So if, the, if, the, if the allotted 200 grand went to the skate park, you would have got a pump track and a full revised everything. Instead it, it got split and it got more of a focus of BMX and pump track and blah, blah. But there's actually, Hey, I know, I know you're trying to get at what you need to do is go talk to your city officials, the advisory board, go to meetings and don't annoy them. Don't go in 500 people. Don't have 40 people stand up, go there and just be consistent, but ask questions on how we can do this. And then state the city along with did this. Um, city of Tallahassee did this or blah, 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 like go in there with some facts, but never go in doubting, but, or downplaying anything. So how did you, um, when you were, when you were starting this off, Chad, like yeah. how did you, how did you vet to them your credentials? Like it, was it, Hey, I'm Joe citizen or what, what did you go in with as far as credentials saying, Hey, look, I'm someone who's got a really huge stake in this by heart and proxy of being a BMX pro rider, but what, what made them perk their ears to you or your, uh, your group? 
because I proved myself and followed through. And yeah. the, the city told me that they like working with me because I'll come up with an idea, I'll execute it, follow through and finish it. And anyone can have an idea, but if you don't take it to the end till it's finished, what's the point? Like, yeah, we all have ideas. Like right now we're coming up with ideas, but who's going to come through with everything and make it happen. So what I did was my first GoFundMe. I raised, I think it was 2,500 bucks. And I had my friend Nate Wessel and the Nitro Circus crew make metal ramps in Pennsylvania. And I drove up there, brought them down and assembled them. So the city saw it as a gift. They saw it as um, reputable, you know, credentials through Woodward Camp, um, credentials through Nitro Circus, blah, blah, blah. And then that kind of put me on the map of like, hey, I'm going to raise some money. I'm going to build this stuff, prove myself, and then I'm going to assemble it. And this is yours. So, and they saw that as a start to finish kind of thing. And I think that was the one step. So, and then it led into, hey, how do we do something on a bigger scale? And the only way to do it is is with these open grants. And there's a lot of kids grants out there. With the Olympics now, people need to, every city needs to tap into this. Go there and talk about the Olympics, uh, Olympic training grounds, BMX, skateboarding. It's all on the map. Now it's a matter of the age group of the city official and the advisory board. That's it. Like they have to look at stuff and improve city parks. Every park should have a little skate park. Every skate park should be phenomenal. They should have, um, they should have the phase two and phase three of all skate parks. So that that's a huge portion of it. But like to answer your question, I followed through with what I said. I proved myself and they trusted me. And that's, that's where we're at right now. That's so rad, man, because, you know, for a layman like me, um, and I'm sure there's a lot thinking like, you know, first of all, applause to you and, you know, props to you, dude, for, for doing that, for being the follow through guy, for showing them like, Hey, this is more than just a, you know, a good idea, a good feel moment for the community and, and kids and stuff, which it totally is. But it's like, you know, I would think, and you just mentioned it, like you have to get through to those, you know, not so knowledgeable people on the city council and those who aren't aware by, you know, like bringing up Olympics and and all these hot things that can really like catapult this and, and get into their heads and be like, yeah, this is a good thing. Like, did you find that there were like roadblocks with those folks as far as like, yes, the idea is good. Yes. The Olympics are hot. Yes. This is all these points are making points. And then they get into the like, yo, what about the what about the uh, the insurance? What about the the city's policy on wavering, you know, monies for like if people get hurt or did you have roadblocks like that? And if so, like, no, no. no. So they were insurance stuff is a joke. You can't tell me. I I don't think there's any city in the U.S. that has an insurance problem. You're at your own risk when you step on a bike on a skateboard, inline, any kind of wheel sport, if you try something, you're at your own risk. And I think that's like considered like uh, a city street. You go out in front of your street. If you get hurt, are you going to sue the city? No, it's like, it's just, it's just such an open thing with skate parks and all yep. this stuff. And it's evolving into pump tracks. And no, like, I, I don't think there's any, absolutely no hurdles like that at all. No questions, no nothing. The only thing was, is a reputable builder. 
you know, we're not trying to get I brought his name up before, like <laughs> Trey Jones and Swamp Fest. Yeah, like you're not trying to get a Swamp Fest course <laughs> built, built for this, but it's like you need a reputable builder. Um, the, yeah, there is one hurdle to get approved by the city takes six, nine months or whatnot. And that's the same with construction of like the playground and the jungle gym. They have a certain construction company that disassembles, assembles, and does stuff. Um, the sunshade to the mulch to everything they have that, but you have to be approved by the city. I think that's the biggest hurdle. So when this pump track was made, there is, I don't know, a dozen people that make pump tracks, good, bad, ugly, but the one that was approved was Velo. And I think they're an amazing brand. They do a, a, a great pump track out of asphalt. I think the cement ones are okay. The asphalt has a little bit more give, but they got a cool red line and they are pretty damn phenomenal at what they do. You know, and it's like, it's, it's an evolving thing for pump tracks to make, to see one here and then to make a new one, to change the design and make it better. You know, think in five years, how many like city, like, or, or race tracks will have a separate pump track, you know, as a feature. And it's like, I don't know. I think every skate park should have a pump track. A lot of Florida parks are starting to incorporate pump tracks into their stuff. And they are fucking awesome on every bike, everything, small, big wheels, everything, skateboards, like you see smiles up and down. It's crazy. And it gets it more family orientated. So I think like us doing the Longwood pump track made it a safer place. Cause there's more eyes and more families and more kids going more kids means more families like, um, like fathers and mothers and everything like that. But it's like, um, yeah, I'm stoked. Like go there, like, make it happen. So does it make it easier? It doesn't make it easier to, to like leverage pitching the pump track. If there's an existing skate park already, like, do, have you f- had that experience? I think where, so. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, there there's in Orlando, they have a mountain bike park and it's all out of dirt, but you obviously know Florida's sand. So I wouldn't call it dirt. So it's not good and they need an <laughs> asphalt pump track. So I, it, it's Segway. You know, you, if you have one thing, go to this. And that's why I mentioned phases. Most skate parks never go to phase two. And that, what is that? That's either people in the council or who built it or whatnot. Um, the Longwood Candyland Park has gone through different phases and they should be going through another couple phases coming up. So if you have an existing, yes, but it doesn't mean it can't happen. So I, I don't want to bum people out. You know, I, I think why couldn't it happen? Like, look at the TV Olympics are on, like, it's, uh, it's amazing. Get this going. Like it's a alternative, you know, it's a non-team sport, which is for everybody. I think so. I love that. All right, dude, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to end on, on one question. Cause I, I think I, to me, there's a correlation, um, but I'm curious what your, what your thought is on this. Yeah. So something you said that, that, that cues me in, um, was you said, you know, it's because I could see things from start to finish. Yep. Now my question for you is, do you think that's a byproduct of freestyle 
Or do you think you were drawn to freestyle because that's the personality trait that you have? Does that make sense? Like, cause to me, freestyle, I always tell people freestyle is like the people that are going to cure cancer are going to come from freestyle skating, an extreme sport that requires a lot of thinking yep. failure and learning from a fall or a mistake and regrouping and trying it again until you get it. And so I think that's, that's something that's big. What do you, what's your take? Or people listening to the correct podcast, like your guys's that hear maybe a few minutes of my information about a pump track that they might not have thought of. Like if maybe they took three words and it helped to get a pump track, that's it. But um, I don't know exactly your question, how it is, but yeah, I mean, people need a lot of patience. They need to try stuff but they should also uh, look what's been done and ask questions. Like if they yeah. want to come to me or come to like, kind of figure it out, I'm pretty clear, you know, yeah. I'll tell you exactly. I'm not trying to have this pump track. That's mine. It's not, it's a city pump track, but it's like um, in that with in, just in general, like I, I, I want stuff to grow and be better. And yeah. I want, I want to see more smiles. Like I've never seen so many smiles, like, then either at the shop or at the pump track. And I go there every probably couple of days. And it's like, yeah. just the stoke is so high. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. Take a, take a lap for me, dude. Just do one, like do your regular <laughs> thing, dude. Do one more for me. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and I think the, the question that I'm asking though, is, is being a freestyler. Yeah. You always had to over, you always had to overcome. We were talking earlier about like uh, uh, hitchhikers. Right. Yep. So you, you, you came, that's something that was difficult. Yeah. You wanted to do it. You found a solution. You saw it all the way through. Yeah. Do you think, do you think that is part of your personality because of freestyle? Or do you think you, you gravitated toward freestyle because that is part of your personality trait? Does that make sense? I think I have so much freestyle in me that it's equated to life and, and, and I've applied stuff to it. You know, so, um, I, uh, I, I don't know what direction I'd be in without it, you know, but, um, freestyles taught me that you can kind of do whatever you want, but you, you make the move and you finish it and you, and you choose the direction. So, yeah, I, I, I truly believe that. So, uh, I don't know. I've been self-taught at such a young age at 12 about bikes and with full support of my parents, you know, my dad says, says to this day, it's like, he's my success story. You know, he introduces me, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I don't know why you keep saying that, but I was like, I, I guess I get it. You know, it's, it's a, it's a pride and being proud, you know? And I, I think once you get to a point, you should, you should do that. But I, I owe it all to, I think this stuff around BMX and what I've learned and everything. And taking risk and, and doing everything else. So yeah, it's a, it's, it's a huge accomplishment, but it's far from done because there's a lot more stuff to do. So. Amen, brother. It's almost, dude, Craig, it's like, it's like someone forgot to tell you that you're Chad to group. You know what I mean? Like you're so humble and just chill, but I'm like, yeah, it's fun. It's funny to me because you're just such a, like, I hate to say normal guy. Um, but you're just so down to earth. You know what I mean? I'm like, 
it's like chit-chatting with like a friend that just happens to be free another freestyler yeah, yeah you know what yeah. i mean it's so rad thank you so much for coming on yeah and i appreciate out. all this um, like i'm i'm stoked on you guys what you guys do like if uh if i can make a difference in any which way and i hope a lot of people listen to this and take something out of it and i know it, it went over an hour and 45 minutes but i hope people hang in there and they have a blast with this and continue to listen and listen to your previous ones too you know and it's uh i'm stoked on uh like you guys opened my mind to a lot of stuff tonight too, and I'll reflect on it. And yeah, everything's awesome. So I, I can't thank you guys enough for this. So I'm excited, and dude. And, and, and I got to say, Chad, man, I don't want to gloss over this, but you know, the last part, this whole discussion about what you're doing um, in your community, in, in, in the areas you live in and above and beyond and abroad, man, with the, I don't want, you know, definitely don't want to gloss over the fact that, you're giving back, you're giving back to your community, you're giving back to the kids, you're giving back to the adults, anybody who would even consider, you know, wanting to ride BMX now because of you may have that chance to get out there and smile and have that stoke all day. You have a blueprint, you have a recipe for success. Um, and everything like to Isaac's point, you know, being in freestyle, being a part of BMX, having it in your blood, bro. And, and knowing that, you know, even after so many falls or so many, you know, trials, there are, you know, tribulations, there are, there are successes with it, bro. And if, like you said, Chad, if anybody can hear this dude and say, I wonder if I could do that in my community, um, if that one thought happens and then that thought ends up in front of a board of director, directors or, or city council or something, and that person is following through because you said, that's what you need to do to be successful. Mm-hmm. And it all works, you know, and, yeah. and not that it's waiting for that to work, but you know, it's like, you're, you're the prime example. And and I know another guy like you, Mike Kronich that lives in my town, who's done the same thing in Northern California and it gives back, you know, it's, it's so many more levels of appreciation for the sport that you, you can't really fathom until guys like you step up and, and give that sense of pride and, and stokeness that you got from BMX and been able to give that now to someone else, man. That's so humbling. And it's so refreshing to hear coming from someone, you know, who's had all the accolades, who's been so involved with it and you're currently, you know, still going. So bro, thank you so much for bringing that up because now I hope I, someone does yeah. listen to this and takes that somewhere in their neighborhood or their community. Yeah. I appreciate that. I mean, it, I, I think, I think me and other riders owe it to our communities, to our kids, to, to everything, to like, it, it just radiates. It, it, it makes people better people. Uh, I feel like I'm a better person and it's just, you know, it's, it, it's, it's like these small acts of kindness, but it's also refreshing, you know, to, to sit back. Like, like my wife was sitting on the couch today and she was just looking around. She's like, wow. I'm so stoked on our stuff and what we've done and everything like that. I'm like, you got to take a second and you don't have to close your eyes, but look at stuff and just be quiet and like appreciate what's in front of you or what you've accomplished or what you've done and know there's more stuff, you know, and it's like, yeah. And, and, and other people will follow. So that's a hundred percent. So I don't mean to get sappy, but that's it's the stoke is high. Dude, so yeah. Thank dude, you no, bro. I, I'm telling you guys, that is that is the best advice you know someone could could give another human i mean not just freestyle but i'm talking like 
you know, take a minute, man, and just look at your life and take a minute, take a second, just take it. Yes. Appreciate it because like, okay, dude, this has nothing to do with our podcast. I'm just going to tell you a quick story where, where what you just said hit me. So last night I live in Arizona too. And I didn't bring it up because like you said, Hey, I moved to Arizona. I'm like, bro, delivering pizza in Arizona is a death wish. I'm just gonna tell you guys right now, drive around in a car that's metal roof in 120 degree heat. It's a dry heat, but so is your oven. Yeah. Okay. So, um, driving around in Arizona, like, you know, last night at 10 o'clock, my, my entire neighborhood, the power goes out. Right. And you know, what I'm about to tell Craig knows, but no one that watches this because I always complain about it. It's 104 at two in the morning in Phoenix in the summertime. It doesn't get under a hundred degrees. So the AC goes out and it's ticking. It's I'm like, man, it's going to be hot here in like an hour. It's this, this room is going to be hot. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm so frustrated and Netflix isn't on the internet isn't on nothing. It's just dark. And my poor wife, who is a, a, uh, like a school she teaches, she's a librarian at school. So she's exhausted because she's had a long day. So she's completely just knacked out. Dude. She's done. So poor, un- like unentertained Isaac is laying in bed. And I'm just like, man, this sucks. It's going to get hot. Can't watch TV. Can't work on a podcast. Can't edit. Can't do anything. And then it was just like a moment where the universe is like, look how good you have it. And dude, you don't take those moments to look back and go, you know what? I can still ride a bike. I could sit back and tell myself I'm frustrated. I can't do a hitchhiker or that I never learned hitchhikers and that I'm afraid of my knee, Mm -hmm. but I don't take the moment to go. I can still ride a bike and I can ride a wheelie and I can still have that fun feeling. Like the, like what's, if you really think about it, what's the difference between a hang five and riding a wheelie? you still have that floating free feeling. It's just different. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I yeah. still get that. And that's a gift that I, I neglect to appreciate every single day. And so thank yeah. you for even saying that dude, cause that's true. Yeah. You guys, this has nothing to do with BMX, but I just hope at the end of this podcast, you just take a moment and appreciate what you have. Cause that's yep. so true, man. If you don't, you're missing out. So that's, that's how I feel. I've done it with yep. my businesses, my skate park, my shop, my house and my kids. I've, I've just sat there and just, you have, you have to do it. And then it's, it's almost a meditation, but it's like, yeah, it's just, it's something that it just sinks in and it's there, you know, it's embedded in you. So yeah, do it. Everybody dude. do it. So yeah. We well, come back, come back again and talk. Cause I, I still have like well, five sure. other topics, dude. I really want to talk about and I just never got around to it. And here we are too. I don't think here. we touched half of the stuff. So <laughs> no, I am. Yeah, I'm, I'm super stoked. Craig. Yeah, dude. Thank you so much for hanging out again. Please tell your wife. Thank you. Because I took you for a whole hour after I told, I will tell her for you. No problem, man. Thanks for having me again. And you know what? Super shout out to you, Chad. Thanks so much for showing up here, man. What a great time. What a, what an awesome sit down conversation with you, bro. I'm I'm so stoked to finally met you and and had you on the show. And I, I know everyone who's hanging out right now, listening to this on our premiere on the streaming podcast or, or sitting down here in the live chat is probably just as stoked as Isaac and I are. So thank your family for your time, bro. And, and yeah, anytime you want to come back, we would, we would love to, you know, just keep going and going, but uh, thanks for the time you spent tonight, man. Yeah, appreciate no problem. I'm sorry to ramble so much, but yeah, everything's good and uh, appreciate it. No regrets on anything. So yeah, everything. Love it. So, appreciate you guys. Lots of love. Yeah. All right. 
Love it, man. Thank you. Craig, take us out, brother. Yo, man, thanks everyone for showing up here at Big Bike BMX. Our special guest, Chad DeGroot. Man, we can't thank you enough again for showing up. And all of our Big Bike BMX family out there listening, you know we love you. Thanks for showing up. We want to thank our show sponsors, Old Bones Therapy, Night Bike Company, um, Phoenix Bike Company, Etnies BMX, and Crush BMX Gloves for sponsoring the show. We love you guys, and thanks for all your support. So, Isaac, with that said, bro, I am out. All right. I will turn off the...